110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. I'm John. Today's date is uh, Wednesday, December 15th, uh, 2021. Uh, Almost. We're almost to 2022. only half a month left. So uh here tonight, uh off of a little hiatus, uh talk about uh Buckeyes in the Rose Bowl, um CJ Stroud at the Heisman ceremony. Um signing day, early signing day was today, so we'll go over some of that stuff. Um some craziness. Um in the South, uh we got some think some wild ears in front of us with uh name image and likeness right now and then uh we got uh then we'll talk about uh jim Knowles being uh hired as the defensive coordinator for ohio state for next year so uh let's get started all right all right john rose bowl uh obviously it's not where we wanted to be we wanted to be in the playoffs we obviously talked about the michigan defeat on our last episode um, yeah, so no, the no need Bowl, to ever revisit that. Yeah, the Rose Bowl is the consolation prize. Uh, man, it just doesn't like. I, I mean, I've seen some Buckeye fans that are, you know, they're putting the Rose Bowl on it and stuff like that. You know, the the you know the bow is on the the Rose Bowl. Uh, but I don't know. It's just some of the stuff that lost its luster when the BCS came to form, and it's like completely gone now that the playoffs are. Uh, uh, have become a thing. It just, it, it kind of sucks. Cause there was a time, like I remember when, <clears throat> like we went, when we went and played Oregon out at the Rose bowl, uh, when Trussell was there, I mean, that was our first Rose bowl in forever. And it was, you know, pretty cool. And, you know, they was, you know, they lost two games that season. You know, we weren't, we had no chance of being in the BCS top two. So I was okay with that. It's like, all right, hey, we'll go Rose Bowl. Uh, we'll beat Oregon up because uh, you know they were uh, a Chip Kelly team, and uh, it was cool. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't. When we played Washington a couple years ago, I mean, it was it was kind of intriguing because it was Urban's last game, but it was just like, I mean, it was nothing like the feeling you got when they played Oregon basically a decade earlier. No, I, I mean, I can agree with that. It's still, you know, it, it's still a big deal. It's still cool to go to the game. So I'm not going to say, you know, it's nothing to be happy about because I'm still, I'm still happy that they're there. Um, but you're kind of right. You know, it's doesn't have the same just because of, you know, what the playoffs are nowadays. Now, you know, with all that being said, though, you still got to take care of business while you're out there. You don't want to lose. I mean, not necessarily, you know, it's not like the worst thing ever if you do lose this game, but you don't want to be the team to lose to Utah in the Rose Bowl, especially when you're Ohio State. It's Utah's first time ever going there. And as good as what Utah is, it's still Utah against Ohio State. You don't want to be, you know, the Ohio State team to lose to the Utes in Pasadena. So there's a lot of pressure there. Um I think you might see a fair amount of opt-outs in some key places, but also you might see some guys that will surprise you and they're going to play. Um, I don't know. I've matured a lot over the uh, years when it comes to people sitting these games out, though. Before, I used to be like, oh, my God, you know, how could you do that to the brotherhood? How could you sit out you know, your bowl game? It doesn't matter. And honestly, you know, I would like, if you're not playing for a national title, I of course I want to go out on a win on the season, but... I would love to see those guys that are going to be starting next year, get the, yeah. the reps with the ones during these bowl practices and also, you know, get to see what they can do during the bowl game itself. Yeah, actually, I agree with that. I think the the thing that uh, probably excites me the most is just that they're getting 15 extra practices that are going to be designed a little differently than the extra practices when you're in a playoff game. I mean, when you're in a playoff game, I mean, the main goal is to win that playoff game because you want to advance to the national championship. So, right. I mean, 
I think this playoff, you know, or this, uh, these 15 practices, it's about maybe getting some other guys in there. I mean, we don't know if uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to play or not. And, you know, I mean, it would be nice. I mean, as much as I love Wilson and Olave, would love to see him each one more time, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe one of them will play, maybe both of them play. I don't know. But if, uh, maybe the chance to see Abuka and, you know, Marvin Harrison jr. And seeing what, uh, some of these guys can do in this offense. Now that would be kind of exciting too. And considering that those are the boys, CJ Stroud's going to be thrown to next year. And, uh, yeah, Julian Fleming, like I would love to see him, you know, get his shot at the outside, like be a showcase receiver. Cause we haven't got to see that much. So you know. a lot of people think Julian Fleming's, you know, way behind on his development or he's not there, but truth could might just be that Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are in front of him. And yeah, you know, you're not taking those guys off the field too much for meaningful snaps. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm that's that's what I'm looking forward to. I would love to see those guys have a shot. Now, and I know we're not at this point yet. I was thinking about it though, like, what about guys coming back next year? But you know, they're already stars this year. Like, what do you and of course, you know, you, like I said, we're not at that point that they would sit out this game, but how pissed would you be if, you know, a CJ Stroud or a Trey Henderson or someone got hurt in this game? And I know you can't live your life like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, college football, they have not began sitting out yet for players that are still coming back. So that would be kind of out of characteristic. I don't want to be Ohio state to be the first team to do that. Now, if that starts getting done in the long run and that they're going to start treating this like a preseason, you know, NFL preseason, yeah. game, you know, it is what it is at that point though. If they're going to start doing that, they really do niche to need to go to 12 playoff games right. because like 12 playoff teams. I mean, because I mean, you're not going to get any fans. I mean, all oh, CJ Stroud and Trey Henderson are both sitting out and you know, Garrett Wilson and Chris Lava is up now. Yeah. I don't need to see this game. Uh, may, it might be a background game. I might be doing other things. And- well, I don't even know if that would be on my background. I might find a movie that I would enjoy more than that yeah. at that point to be in my background now. And I, I agree with that. I, I'm definitely not advocating for these guys to sit out. I'm just like, how these games are going now with the playoffs and they're just becoming more and more and more an exhibition by the year, you know, like yeah. I would not want to see my guys in any way get hurt, but no, I, I expect them to play. I want them to play. Yeah. And of course I am not advocating for any, you know, underclassmen to sit out the bowl game just because, you know, I wouldn't want anything to happen to them for the next year. Yeah. Um, now we'll get more into this. Uh, we'll do a pre Rose bowl game uh, prior to the game, mm-hmm. a couple days prior to the game. Um, but just to talk about a little bit before uh, just, you know, there are some of the little concerns that uh, we'll get more into when we do that. It's just Utah. I mean, physical team, they bullied the hell out of Oregon twice and, you know, an Oregon team that kind of, you know, offensively bullied us around. And then when you're coming off the Michigan game, it's like, there's some stuff there to be concerned about. So I'm a little nervous about the game. I won't lie because like there's a lot of things on a tape now about Ohio state that they're like, they, you know, you talk to look at be like, all right, you know, we can do some stuff against these guys, you know? So like, and you know, Jim Knowles ain't going to be there yet. And we'll get to him later. I mean, maybe, you know, they'd be a little bit more aggressive, you know, if he's the, you know, defensive coordinator, it's just, if it's like the same old, same old, what we saw against Michigan, it's like, <laughs> there's a lot there that Utah could really exploit. Yeah. I mean, one thing Ohio state and I, I know it goes into, you know, there might've been effort or toughness questions, but don't let yourself, you know, get outnumbered on a side of the field. Like, I mean, Michigan constantly did that, that they had Ohio state was completely out leveraged to the short side of the field. And, you know, maybe they throwing a pulling guard or something there. And pretty much the offensive line was in the second level, the entire second half of that game. So, you know, be smart with your alignments. Um, And I've said that from the beginning that I think a lot of the issues with, you know, Barnes and uh, Combs has been, I don't know that they really know what they're doing when it comes to just teaching guys where they're supposed to be on the field. Like I think guys are so confused pre-snap. I've seen it so many times with Ohio state that they don't know who to follow when people go into motion. They're confused pre-snap. 
and they don't know where they're supposed to be on the field. And Ohio State just gets out leveraged. They get bullied and like Michigan runs down their throat. I mean, you know, it, it sucks to think about you have the highest scoring offense in the country and a running back from the other team scored more points than your offense did. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so just some stuff, like we said, we'll get more into it uh, when we do our Rose Bowl thing. You know, when I, we really I watched the the both those Oregon games. The last thing's got to take them for real. Yeah. They oh, got to yeah, take definitely. them seriously if they want to win this I game. I mean, Utah's have been... Utah's been a for real team since uh, Urban was there. I mean, Kyle Woodenham, I mean, he may not be the, you know, the name that Urban Meyer is, but I mean, he is not, Utah has not fallen off the planet uh, since he's been the head coach. Like, no. You know, I mean, they, and they're going to be tough and they play good defense and they're physical and, you know, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a game if Ohio State's not ready to do it. Now, Ohio State still beats them on athletes and stuff like that, but as we were just talking about, you know, this is a game that is not really uh, what it once necessarily was. I'm sure it's fun for these guys to go play another game. They get to go out to California, but you know, I mean, I don't know where their serious level will be until we see where their serious level will be. Uh, you know, and you know, bowl games are kind of weird where, you know, I mean, you think about, you know, the years that, I mean, Cincinnati, Yes, they're in the playoff, but, you know, they almost knocked off Georgia last year. You know, I mean, Utah has beaten top programs before. Uh, so, I mean, it's you see a lot of times in the bowl games where the so-called better team of the two is, you know, kind of sleepwalking because, you know, in reality, they kind of not want to play. They want all the vacation part of it without necessarily the playing part of it. So, you know, some of that stuff uh, will come into effect, but we'll talk about that here. And, um, you know, once we get closer to the January 1st. And, th- uh, yeah. And I think our next topic we're going to talk about, though, could be one of the reasons why Ohio State will come into this game more focused yeah. than what you would think. So Heisman Trophy, uh, CJ Stroud got invited. One of the four finalists, he did finish fourth. Um, but I mean, good showing for him for uh, first year. I mean, he's got uh, another year next year going to have. I have a feeling he will have another opportunity to win it when you consider Ryan Day's offense. Um, Bryce Young did win it, so uh, congratulations to them. To him, uh, it's quietly uh, the teams with seven highest men's, uh, the, the USC's, the Notre Dame's, Ohio State, uh, uh, Alabama's quietly has uh, caught up to them that they're now at six. So, like, they're it was at, crazy they're, that they're they, at they, four. They're at four. They're not at six. They're at four. Oh, I saw. I saw no, they at six. No, they do a mistake. Yeah, they don't have a. They don't have a Heisman outside of Saban's classes. So oh, okay, it's yeah. The, all their Heisman's have been won since Saban's been there. So it's Ingram, Henry, Devonte Smith, and now Bryce Young. Okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> there, uh, there's I still saw, some room there, but that's a. I think that was Fox too. Like it's been. That was a. It's been quite the surge, though. That's. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's within twelve years that. Yeah. Well, maybe they gave two to Saban. <laughs> the man probably deserves them. That's for sure. Did this Alabama kid fall finish second to Reggie Bush and get that one? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably not. But <laughs> no. But I mean, maybe they'll get. Maybe they gave Mac Jones one for last year too. I don't know if he finished. Maybe they gave all those guys last year. They maybe they all realized that they basically were all the highs. Maybe, maybe Will Anderson got <laughs> credit for this year because he should have been there. Yeah. Um. All right, so, but the big news of the kind of night was, uh, so Aiden Hutchinson was getting interviewed, and I mean, the, before we get into Desmond's comment, I mean, there was, I mean, I didn't watch the Heisman. I was following along on Twitter. I was watching a movie at the time, but there was a, a like a little pit in my stomach. Like, like I swear to God, if another Michigan guy wins the Heisman Trophy off of, off of his performance against Ohio State, I will throw up because I mean. Basically, Desmond doing the Heisman pose is the only reason why he won the Heisman. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know he had other stats there, but, you know, Charles Woodson had much better stats. It was much more understood, but he got that nice little explanation point when he ran his punt back against Ohio State. So, like, uh, why are you kicking to either one of those guys? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, there was a little pit in my stomach. I'm like, I swear to God, if Aiden Hutchinson wins this, uh, 
their fans will, you think their own fans are unbearable right now after winning a game for the first time in 10 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Desmond, so, uh, you know, him and Hutchinson, they're, so they're talking about Ohio state and, you know, Hutchinson, I mean, he, he made some comments, but Hey, he came back to play Ohio state. He wanted to win this game. They won. Um, <clears throat> I have nothing against what, uh, anything he said, uh, but then like, so Tim Tebow, uh, I forget who was there, but you know, there's uh, a guy in between, uh, Hutchinson and, uh, you know, uh, um, Kenny Stroud, Pick- Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt. Okay. So it's Pickett from Pitt <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, so, and Tebow makes it just a little joke. Hey, you know, just stay there. you like, whatever, you know, just doesn't get out of hand. And then <clears throat> Desmond with his. And the crowd didn't even like it. I mean, there was maybe a couple laughs, but it wasn't even that funny. The, you know, it's better than whatever. It's better than their offensive line, Ohio State's offensive line. And it, I mean, it was just a tacky joke. And in the long run, if you think about it, I mean, it doesn't really, really mean anything. But I mean, for a commentator that's, you know, working at a big network that, you know, hosts in this game that uh, you're supposed to, I mean, you would never see Kirk Herbstreit make a comment like that, you know. In fact, you would never see any of the Ohio State guys. You know, Chris Spielman, who's a probably the most competitive, and you could when he used to do Ohio State games, you could definitely tell how like uh, frustrated he would get with. Uh, oh yeah, you know, with Ohio State, he would not make a comment like that. So it's just I don't know. It was just tacky. Yeah, it it was in bad taste, and that's like I'm trying to kind of pull it up right now um i'm trying to think what the full quote was but i mean it dealt with the offense uh, basically that's what he said is like well he's uh, referring to picking he was going off of tebow's comment that you know that's better protection pretty much than what the ohio state offense line gave uh cj stroud yeah well i can't is i don't know is desmond the one like is he even doing the interview i mean he might be is he interviewing aiden during that I thought that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they were talking with each other. Okay. So, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess if he's the one doing the interview, like, I yeah, thought that's how it was. Yeah, like it I said, was. I'm looking I at did. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of like, it's a little bit better than him just like interjecting himself. It's harmless fun. And he said it was a rib, but I just thought, you know, given the circumstance, it was a little, you know, like you said, tacky, it's unprofessional. Um, this isn't the Academy Awards or like the MTV music video awards or something where people are insulting, you know, people in the crowd. That's yeah. it's never been a thing at the Heisman where you poke fun at one of these players accomplishments or their teammates. Like this is just, this is their night. It's about yeah. them. You don't just interject yourself to like try to get cheap laughs out of people. I mean, yeah. when Jabril peppers is there in 2016, did Archie like step up and say, Oh, thank God. Curtis Samuel's not here to run by you. Or thank yeah. God. JT's not out here to put you on roller skates you again. Juke you out of your shoes. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I just don't get it. I think you, you handle yourself professionally there. He could have went up there and, you know, during their game day broadcast, I mean, I'm sure they've got a million of them that him and Kevin, Kevin Pollock, is that his name? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I get, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a million of those that those guys are going to be doing from now until, you know, the end of the year, end of bowl season, because they're the two low men on the totem pole. So they always got to do all the little, like, you know, yeah. the little fun ones during the day. I mean, they could, he could have talked crap about Ohio state's offensive line as many times as he could have during that little circuit there, but he chose the Heisman ceremony. And I, I just thought it was tacky and, that's just a lot of my issues with this. I don't care about any Michigan fans, you know, running their mouths. I think you seriously are lacking some self-awareness by all of it. Like, you know, your team hasn't lost for 10 straight years and almost for 20 straight years, but that's fine. I mean, your team won. enjoy it. I don't care. That's and the way they beat up Ohio state, go have fun with it. But you know, in 2015, Urban Meyer could have been like, Hey, this is your Messiah over here. You know about Jim Harbaugh. Cause he's the Michigan man that was going to bring him back to prominence. Uh, 2019. I mean, Ryan day or 2018 or 2019 Ryan day could have been like Don Brown's team. They're an aggressive defense, but they're not a smart defense. You know, yeah. like we, we could have done this shit all the time, but we, we didn't. So and they want to yeah. say about like our fans, 
that's what fans do. But as a, as a coach, you gotta be more professional. And I don't, or as like a, a guy that works for ESPN, that's associated with the university, you gotta be more professional. And I don't think Ryan day telling his team in private, if it actually happened, we're going to try to hang a hundred on those guys. I yeah. don't think it constitutes being the same thing. And the most confirmation we got of that is uh, from people that were in the room that it, it was something like that. So, I mean, we don't even know if that was, I mean, if that was the quote, right. on it. I mean, it, it could have been like, you know, we're going to kick the hell out of them or whatever. I mean, it, whatever like, it says it could have been whatever. You and say you're going to hang a hundred on whatever. You off. said that to your teammate or your, your players. And, and that also comes off of, you know, somebody trying to embarrass day on an actual telephone call with the rest of the coaches in the conference. And, you know, you know, going after him for, uh, you know, supposedly cheating or well, whatever. It, like, it wasn't embarrassed day. He was saying he was cheating, to, you know, the yeah. league that he was holding well, extra I mean, practices technically, or whatever. Our ball started that one first. So like, uh, yeah, no, it, and just the thing on Michigan, I know, some Michigan fans are like, Oh, Ohio state fans are just upset. It's cause he's a Michigan guy. And so, and you know, I said on Twitter and stuff like that, you know, I have a lot of respect for, I mean, as much as, you know, seeing the highlights every year with during the Michigan game, the big game, Charles Woodson has. And, you know, I think I could have seen Charles Woodson. I mean, he, get, he was obviously excited during the Fox broadcast that Michigan was looking so good, but I don't see Charles Woodson making that comment. Charles Woodson uh, would have know, never done that. I might, I could see that. him doing maybe a fist pump up there that, you know, Michigan finally got Ohio state, but I don't see him, uh, like, oh, he, you know, right. He, saying he, something to CJ Stroud. Like he might, he might've gave Aiden Hutchinson a high five up there, but yeah, he yeah. wasn't going to do that. But again, I mean, you know, Tebow kind of put it, I, who knows if Tebow didn't say, Kenny, stay right there. You, maybe, yeah. maybe it doesn't happen anyways. I don't know. I don't want to get too upset about it. I just thought, like I said, not the time, not the place. I thought it was a little, you know, Bush league for yeah. given the circumstances. And honestly, it's probably all these little comments are actually kind of working out because I'm assuming that I, like I told you in private, I think this is probably going to be the, the most uh, intense uh, winner that Ohio state has went through in some freaking time. And I mean, everybody always talks about how intense mixed uh, winter programs are, but I have a feeling that this one's going to take the cake. And uh, so uh, I'm not too concerned about it, you know, yeah, and I'm hoping being said, said, yeah. And I hope a lot of the players have their pride hurt a little bit from, you know, what that last game was. And I hope they're really stepping up as leaders this year. And they're the ones that are, you know, running, those hard workouts. Yeah. All right. So na national uh, signing day, the early signing period. So Ohio state uh, finished where right now they have the fourth best uh, class in the country. Um, obviously as these last several years have went on first signing day is usually the, the crazy day now. Um, so, I mean, there's still going to be a couple guys, a couple big guys still out there, you know, uh, like a boar, he hasn't signed yet. Uh, you know, I think what, I heard that uh, Gabe Powers isn't signing till Friday, but it doesn't seem like there's any That's issue not, that nothing's up in the air. I think he's just, they're doing a uh, um, press conference at his high school. So that's what he's yes. doing. It. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we'll be getting one more with him, uh, you know, unless Texas pays him money too. I mean, Could have. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, that's kind of like the, that's more what I want to talk about today. I mean, Ohio state ends up with a, Fine class. I mean, it's with a, not a class. lot with not a lot of guys in it yet either. Yeah, they once so they had north of twenty, they're at seventeen right now. So, yeah, so there's still a couple guys in there, and we've talked about in those past. There's some openings, and you know, Pantoni said it today. Uh, it's signing day, and he's looking at the transfer portal, and you know, but that's that's college football nowadays. And I've kind of said that. Uh, I think, uh, you know. Ryan Dave probably has to kind of go under maybe two different thought. He has to maybe take two different types of thought processes go with one strategy. Either needs to go kind of an Alabama signing thing that, you know, I'm going to go sign 28 to 30 kids every year. And, you know, cause I'm going to have attrition and I'm going to lose kids or I'm going to sign 20 kids every year. And I'm going to fill out the rest of my spots with transfer kids. And I don't know which way is the better way to work, but I, I would think that, uh, you know, and even Alabama who signs a bunch of kids, they still go out and if 
a Jamison Williams is out there, you know, they'll bring him in if they have a spot open. So, I mean, I think it's one of those situations that uh, probably maybe some of the recruiting strategy needs to change a little bit because you might have to start keeping some spots open, knowing that if the transfer portal every year going forward is going to look what this, what this portal looks like, uh, you know, there's some big time five-star kids out there that were five-star kids that have, uh, you know, moved on because they weren't getting the playing time that they wanted. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, you're right. He has to figure out how to kind of like navigate that to what he wants to do. And he has to figure that out. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad idea for your weakest spots to get one, you know, physically ready plug and play guy, even if it is only for one year. Well, right now from, uh, I mean, just going off the top of it, I mean, I wouldn't mind going after a, uh, you know, maybe a lineman or two in there, offensive lineman or two, uh, you know, possibly maybe an older linebacker in there. You know, I, even though we got some kids coming back from last year's team, um, and we got a good haul coming in, we lost some corners and, you know, and now, now knowing Jim Knowles, you know, I mean, we lost some corners coming we had two really good corners that were committed that we've lost over the last four, four months. Um, you know, one today, um, that maybe get a couple secondary guys, you know, Knowles like safeties too. And, uh, we could definitely use the safety help. So, I mean, there's some spots in there where Ohio state could really go into the transfer portal and possibly pick somebody that a couple people that could really help this team. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so I don't, did you mention you, you said Terrence Brooks got flipped or I didn't mention by name. So he, uh, he left today for, Texas flipped literally everybody in the country. Everybody flipped to Texas today. Uh, they were handing out uh, big time checks. Uh, I mean, what did they flip like four or five different kids? Yeah, but they were today. all they were all Texas kids, right? They were all Texas they kept, kids. They kept then, kids home. Like that's it's. I don't know. It's kind of the thing you would expect to happen. I mean, once that Quinn Ewers domino fell with you know the with nil out there. With a Thank new- God they weren't going after Caleb Burr. <laughs> with like, with a I new was getting coach. nervous there for a little bit. I was just like, oh my God, they're going to pull him too. With a new, you know, with, I mean, it's his second year, but with a new coach, he came in, you know, later last year. And you, you got that Quinn Ewers flip and the NIL money. You weren't going to expect things like this were going to happen. It's not, I mean, this isn't like, you know, University of Texas, San Antonio or something. This is Texas and Austin. Like, this is the yeah. University of Texas. Like, they're going to have good recruiting classes going to the sec. That's going to help their recruiting class. Like I know, and I probably was guilty of it too. Joked around that. Why would they go to the sec? They're going to be like third best team there. I have no idea what they're going to be when they get to the sec. Cause they're going to get those yeah. recruits. They, they are literally the state school of the best recruit, like the best football state in the country. So yeah. they might win the sec for all I know with the right mentality, get the right coaching there. Yeah. And you got that oil and money. Crazy, Keep those kids crazy home. To think, it's crazy to think about Quinn. He, uh, he was originally committed to Texas. He, he commits to go to Ohio state reclassifies and then still signs with Texas on the day that he was originally supposed to sign with Texas. So <laughs> God bless Texas. Um, but yeah, so no, you're right on all that stuff. It's just, I think the biggest thing I have, and I, Anybody who's listened to our shows, I mean, we're both proponents of uh, name, image, image, and likeness. I, I always thought that this was the best way to go because uh, getting to actually get the universities to pay the athletes becomes a much more red tape type of situation because then you're dealing with the other, with the Olympic sports, the women's sports. How do you do it without violating Title IX? I mean, there's there's a lot of red tape to go around. So I, to me, this was always just like, just let the players go out and make their own deals. Uh, you know, like there's no law stopping that is the only thing that was stopping that was the NCAA. So like, you know, and that when the NCAA is the kind of the biggest at fault here though, is that, you know, instead of fighting it, they were fighting it and fighting, fighting it. They got shitty with California when California was the first one to pass the law. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're going to allow their players to go out and get paid and all this stuff. And, you know, the NCAA comes out and they start posturing. Well, maybe the California schools will be thrown out of the NCAA. Well, then Florida does it. And then another state does it and another state. And then 
instead of like trying to get in front of this thing, when the first couple states did it, they just kept on, on the sideline on, and you know, they could have created all the standards, you know, fine. This is allowed. We don't necessarily agree with it, but this is the way the country is going, blah, 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 whatever speech Mark Emmert wants to give. And, you know, they could have, uh, they could have came up with the standards. Well, the university of Texas came up with the standards and they came up with those standards today because there was no standards. And, uh, and I, and, and I said it today on Twitter over the last two years with COVID how the just mishandling of the COVID season and NIL, the NCAA has proven itself to be absolutely worthless. Yeah. And so like, really they should be kind of be out of the way. And I'm like, and this is kind of, it seems like this is kind of the way Greg Sankey wants to be pushing it, that the power five conferences are just in control of this stuff. And the NCAA is not really putting up much of a fight to say that, you know, no, you guys are under us. It's kind of like, well, you guys go do what you guys want to do. And, you know, maybe we'll watch over the others, you know, the other divisions and maybe the group of five, like, you know, it's like every year it's like they get a little bit more permission that like, okay, if you guys really want to break away, like there's really nothing we can do, you know, just don't destroy our basketball tournament. And like, that's kind of what it feels like anymore. And because that's where the NCAA makes all their money is on the basketball tournament. So, uh, yeah, like it's just, uh, go ahead. No, no, I'm just really disappointing how they've handled or not handled this at all. Uh, so Texas set the standards today and A&M set the standards today. You know, they've got a couple big ones too. And, so going forward, the big schools, you know, now Ryan Day sees it. I know some Buckeye fans, I think, misquoted, took his quote today that, you know, Ohio State can't be a part of that. They, I think they were taking it way too, uh, that, I think they were taking it, uh, instead of taking it literally what he said, they were taking it that Ohio State's not going to try to compete. I mean, legally, Ohio State can't get involved right. in giving players money, and I think that's all he meant by it. But, you know, if the Ohio State boosters want to go with the businesses that they own and the Ohio State alumni with the businesses they own and you want to start handing out NIL deals to people to get kids there, I mean, there's nothing stopping that right now. So, you know, feel free to do what you got to do. Yeah, I'd give them like a throw a million dollar scholarship out there for someone, to, the the starting running back at Ohio State, you know, like. Yeah, you can do a lot of you can do a lot of fun stuff with that, but you know, Ohio State's not going to you know Ryan Day and the Buckeye team themselves like they're not going to just like not let that take place. Just what he was saying was the university cannot pay kids like they can't. Yeah. University cannot get involved. It's not on them. So yeah, people they needed to relax on that comment. Yeah, so I, I saw some people throwing that around that they were. They did not like that uh, comment by him, but I mean, literally that's all he was saying is that, Hey, we really can't do anything about it. I mean, Texas didn't go out and give uh, their, those kids checks today. Those were the Texas boosters. And as far as we know, as far as we know, it's like, you know, the next pony excess movie is going to be the legal craziness of uh, NIL. And uh, that's all I thought about today. I'm like, man, I got to watch pony excess this weekend because, uh, that's like what today felt like to me. I mean, could you imagine them what the ponies would have been like in this type of world? I mean, like the, I can't think of that guy's name who was doing all the money throwing back then for them, but uh, he like everybody would have been on the employed. <laughs> oh my God. He had the coolest name too. And I, I, yeah, I can't think of that either. Darn. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. I, I remember cause the one guy even says like, if a guy the guy is named so and so, you could tell he was up to no good. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, I mean but Buckeye's got a good class. Uh, you know, I like I said, the NIL, you know, going forward, uh, you know, Texas kind of set what the rules are. The SEC's gonna set what the rules are because the NCAA decided not to get involved in it. So, yeah. you know, and Ohio State, they're not gonna do anything. They're just gonna they're just going to follow what the sec does and uh, they're going to play big boy ball too. And, you know, USC is going to have to do the same thing out in the West. If uh, Clemson and Florida state want to, you know, play this they're in Miami, they're going to all have to do the same thing. I mean, I know Miami is going to have the same, uh, <laughs> the money that's down in the city of Miami. Uh, they're going to love this for that. You think about how many times 
they've been on probation. They're like, oh, we can buy these kids now for real. Okay. Like, like well, what's the, I can only imagine what Luther Campbell, right? Start. Yeah. I yeah, can only imagine yeah. what kind of money is going to get thrown out around there now. So, you know, I mean, so shame on the NCAA. They, could, they had an opportunity to, you know, just look forward for once. I mean, you know, Jay Billis, great follow on Twitter. If anybody ever follows Billis, cause he, he rips the hypocrisy of the NCAA apart as much as anybody does. And I mean, he always has some great uh, quotes up there and, you know, it's just, he's always been on this. It's just a joke that why keep on fighting it when you know, that's the way it's going. So like in the minute the state started realizing like, wait, wait a second, the NCAA is not a federal body. That's out of Washington DC. They're just some regulatory body that uh, the schools all hired to kind of run their things. So we have more power than they do as the States. And you know what, here in California, you know, they took it as a, uh, you know, they're uh, you know, they're one of the, you know, love California, hate California. California is very big on, you know, you know, fair and equal opportunity payments. And, you know, so that was, that's where that came from in California. So why aren't these kids making money when these universities are making a boatload of money. So, and that's where I came from out of California. And then Florida was like, well, that's a good point. And we're not going to let you go pay kids when we can't. And then all these other States started realizing like crap, like, you know, you ain't going to be, then it was more about just the football. It was like, right. They went to their state houses and been like, uh, Alabama football can't compete. If Alabama football ain't allowed to pay these kids and that's how when the rules got changed in state by state and the NCAA was just like pretending like it wasn't even happening. And then they're like, well, it's happening and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, yeah, you could like kind of lead and be like, well, you know, we have to come up with some sort of rules in place that makes sense that these are all going to happen. So here's the standards we want to live by, but they didn't even do that. Right. And I, just again to go back to the Terrence Brooke thing like I don't I don't want to make it seem like I'm walking through life with scarlet colored glasses on but my opinion and what I want to say to you know other Buckeye fans is I don't think this is a failure on the coaching staff not to get this kid just circumstances came up and you know it's Texas it's not like I said it's not like you're competing against SMU for this maybe bad example given what you know we've been talking about but it, it's texas you're competing with right here so it's not that ohio state's any worse than texas i know they're a better program i know they've been better ran than texas but still the state school texas they got a ton of money it's a lot of these kids grow up dreaming to play for texas and when all that momentum starting to go their way that's a lot of times that's all these kids need to feel comfortable and flip and want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of something special. So I don't, I don't take it as a failure on, you know, the coaching staff, Ryan day defense combs, whoever was his main recruiter. It just dominoes fell how they did. And Texas won this battle. I I don't take anything against the coaches. It's just the one thing I just want to say to the coaches is that I just, and I know they were, I just, I hope Ryan day's eyes were very wide open today because you know, it's just a different game than he was coming up in. And uh, there's going to be, if Ohio state is still going to be the Ohio state that they've been over, you know, the last two decades, specifically the last decade where they've really have competed with these schools and on a recruiting level too, that, you know, you gotta just keep your eyes open. You saw what happened. And if you want to keep doing that, you gotta, you know, you gotta be prepared that, you know, money means everything now. Um, there's one thing I want to hit about name, image, and likeness. And today, um, before we get to Jim Knowles, so Deion Sanders Holy at crap, uh, man. Jackson State, it's I mean he's not just the number one cornerback in the country; he's the number one player, right? Yeah, and that's the, what I on, on whatever. Some, yeah, some services the, he might be number one composite. Yeah, so he's committed to Florida State, um, which is Deion's alma mater. That's like the best part of it. Dion played for Florida State. Dion steals their best player out of their or their recruiting class. And uh, you know, there's some uh, rumors that uh, you know, Dion has uh connections with Barstool. There's some rumors that uh Dion got the kid a pretty good name, image, and likeness deal. So I don't know where 
the legality, the rule wise, any of that, if that's, if all that is true, like, I don't know what that breaks. If they, if he really was involved in it, uh, yeah. maybe he wasn't involved with it, you know, maybe off the record, he might've been involved with it. So who knows? I mean, it's just crazy to think that, you know, that they get this kid to leave Florida state and come to Jackson state. And I mean, good for them. If you know, if they're not breaking any, whatever remaining rules are left, if uh, they're not breaking any of them, I have no problem with it. I mean, that's pretty sweet. And he ends up, if he, <clears throat> if he ended up getting like hardcore paid out of this, I mean, Oh, whatever. I'm going to have to break off and do a little tangent now that I'll, I'll try to make this thought process, you know, go quick, but fans got to relax when things like this happen though. I mean, I, I realize that that sucks for Florida state. I saw a video. Someone was burning a framed signed Florida state Deion Sanders Jersey because of this, like the guy as a profession, he is a coach at a football team. Like, his job depends on being successful as a coach of this football team. He is doing what he's supposed to do. It's like a lot of Buckeye fans were all like, they heard that Marcus Freeman made a call to Brian Hartline and they were all flipping out about it. Cause you know, you, you don't do that to your alma mater. You don't poach for them. Of course you do. Of course you yeah. do. You call the people, you know, one of the guys, you know, that was a teammate is the best recruiter for wide receivers in the country possibly i mean i think you and i would say he's the best receiving coach in the country at developing the guys i mean that that could be debatable i know alabama's had a ton of success with their guys too but there aren't many better outside of those two so of course you gotta call him you just you you aren't doing your job you aren't trying to get your second contract if you're not calling a guy you know that's the best of what he does so I think people need to calm down a little bit about that stuff. Like, don't be that guy. Don't be burning your D your sign. D I saw jersey. how many Twitter spaces today for Florida state fans. Uh, fire you know, Norville. Fire Norville. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know you didn't watch the really watch the Sopranos all that much, but I mean, there is one episode where, you know, Tony gets a painting made of him with his horse and, uh, and then the horse dies and then the painting comes, you know, it gets delivered and uh, you know, he goes, he, he wants it burned because it just reminds me of a horse and they're burning it outside and Polly sees it and he gets, he saves the painting. And, uh, he's like, oh, I would be an honor of me to hang a picture of the skip up in my house. And, uh, <laughs> like that would be me. I'm no Florida state fan. And, uh, you would, you would save the Dion Jersey yeah. though. Yeah. He's only a hall of famer. I've been like, and it's signed. I've been like, yeah, I'm going to go save that right now because I just, <laughs> I just thought it was ridiculous. I mean, you got to have a little bit more composure on yourself. I mean, I, I get you lost, you know, number one player in the country, but come on. Yeah, let's not be, exactly. baby. let's not be babies. So, but they, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, Oh, uh, Oh, when I was, when I was seeing that, when they were just saying that there's rumors that uh, they're going to flip this kid, I'm just like, there is no way in hell Jackson state's going to go flip the number one player in the country. But yeah, it comes out that, you know, when I saw Pete Thambles tweet that his sources were confirming that it already happened. I'm just like, my God, <laughs> what, what a day. And then people are saying, you know, how long will he stay there? I, you already made the decision. Like, yeah. If he does well, I mean, I don't, I don't know having Deion Sanders as your coach, how you're not going to get developed, how people won't trust that you're still good at your craft. Well, imagine if he does two years there, looks the best, and then maybe he decides like right before he's ready to go to the NFL. Okay, I'm going to go play for Alabama or, you know. Right. So just so whoever. they can see, I can do it on that level against yeah, elite receivers. Looks phenomenal. And yeah, he becomes the first corner, maybe the number one player in the draft because like, you know. Yeah, that could very easily happen. You know, go for a couple of years to get uh, let Dion be your coach, and uh, you know, get taught by one of the greatest cornerbacks that ever played the game, and uh, you know, and then okay, I'm gonna go play for a big boy somewhere. I'm gonna go play for Alabama, and uh, go lead Nick Saban to his 100th national title. And uh, <laughs> I think I think he actually would be up to 101 by that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was interesting. All right. So we're going to finish up Jim Knowles. So 
I will admit it. Uh, you were the first one that got uh, got the scent out of us too that uh, Jim Knowles was like was a possibility. You know, of course, we talked about some of the guys I were was interested in a couple weeks ago when we did the Michigan show. Um, had you know, you know, I said like let's go reach out into maybe Muschamp or uh, you know Corey Raymond or you know Chris Ash, somebody along those lines. Um, I didn't necessarily, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to the big 12. So I didn't really know how Jim Knowles was. I remember when you texted me that, well, there's a lot of buzz about Jim Knowles and I'm just like, who's Jim Knowles. And like, he's the guy at Oklahoma state. I'm like, was he good? They don't play defense out there. Like who is he? And then, so I've looked him up a lot and I'm actually uh, really excited about this hire. Uh, um, I want to, the only, the, there's a lot of things I love about it. The one thing that kind of makes me nervous is that they just, the majority of the teams don't run the ball a lot in yeah. the big 12. So I don't know how some of those rushing defensive numbers are skewed just because he doesn't face a lot of teams that want to run the ball. Um, even though there's some, you got Iowa state and uh, you know, TCU has been more of a running team and different things. So there are a couple out yeah, there. I think but, Baylor with Aranda has been more yeah, power. So, so, I mean, there's, there's more rushing teams, I think in the conference than maybe there was five years ago, but, uh, you know, still, so, um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by it and I've watched some of his videos. I've watched like the Ross Fulton breakdowns of his defenses. And I, I, I like that, you know, they call him a mad scientist. It's, you know, he does a lot of, uh, differences between pre-snap post-snap uh he runs a lot of different coverages in there sometimes it's it could be a cover four and then turn into a cover three it's just like i like all that and i hope that you know they when they get him in here that he's really able to teach it to the guys and that you know ryan dake just lets him go through his process because it's gonna probably take a minute for him to really teach this to these guys and you know i don't want them freaking out like it just needs to be simplified because we saw this year when they just decided to simplify it and then it looked a lot better in spots, but then like, you know, they basically were running a zone defense where they were not trying to match up with anybody. And you kind of started seeing that a little bit more as the season went on. And then when they got to Michigan, it was like, not only are they running a zone defense, but they're only got seven guys in the, or six guys in the box or whatever it was. And uh, you know, Michigan's killing them. Yeah. And you still had guys even like, in that fourth quarter, you still had, you know, your safeties were still breaking into pass coverage first. And it's like, dude, they're not throwing on you. <laughs> like they got no yeah. reason to throw on you. Like you just man up and force these guys to throw. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the hire. I think he, you know, he's a smart guy. He went to Cornell. Yes. Yeah. He was a head coach at Cornell. He coached at Duke. He's been around smart people, obviously. Um, Defense was really good this year, and I know he had a lot of older, you know, older class. Or his up, defense over his a lot four upper classmen. They literally got better every year at uh, Oklahoma State. <clears throat> right. I mean, he was a top ten defense last year. And this and, is the most know. talent he's ever going to coach. So yeah. that's that's a plus. Um, you hope you know, obviously, the guys can buy in and learn the system because, as I've said multiple times, I mean, I know the scheme was a huge issue against Oregon, but. Again, it was just like guys did not know where they were supposed to be pre-snap or post-snap. They didn't know who they were when people were motioning. I mean, you saw it go as far back as that national title game. Like, no one knew who they were supposed to cover. And yeah. it's just like, I mean, as much as I like Kerry Combs as a recruiter, I think Matt Barnes is a bright guy. And he has, a, you know, he definitely has a future as a defensive coordinator. But I just don't think at this time in their careers, they know what they're teaching these kids. And yeah. these guys got to understand where they're supposed to be on the field because it's not like simplify, com simp simplify complexity, whatever it may be. If you got guys that don't know where they're supposed to go when that ball snaps, they cannot play fast because so. they don't know what they're supposed to do and they're out of position. And we saw how much of that did we see against Michigan that it just looked like guys were just letting themselves get hit first instead of blowing up plays because oh, yeah. they wanted to yeah. see where the ball was going. Like they didn't know where they were supposed to go when the ball snapped, they were waiting I to mean, see what the offense was doing to them. And they got killed because of it. They were blowing our defense lineman off the ball. And then the linebackers and the safeties, they weren't coming up the field. They were just staying there. 
and letting those blockers come to them. And at that point, I mean, you literally just gave up five yards without even trying. I mean, like they. When was the last time you saw a Big Ten team knowing that they were going to go up against a rush defense or rush offense, a rush attack like that? Well, before it actually hit them, like going into that game, you knew what you were facing. Oh. And when was the last time you saw someone that knew that and they weren't even trying to like blow up the run? Like they weren't trying to fill gaps or blow up the blockers. You know, I saw like Zach Harrison, and I'm not to pick on the kid, but there was a pulling guard, I believe, on the one play. And Harrison lets him get to him. Like, why yeah. are you not just blowing that dude out of that, out of his hole right there? Like, yeah. that's how you get these plays. That's how you get tackled for loss. Yeah. So, um, the possibly not playing against a couple of more rushing style teams. So that makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Four, two, five still makes me a little nervous just because, uh, you know, this year, but there's differences to it. And um, he's not afraid to move his safeties up and the thing. Um, the one thing that his guys are trained to do that he trains his defensive linemen to do, he does a lot of stunts with the defense linemen and they purposely do go after pulling guards and they try to quickly blow into the holes. Um, I like how his linebackers, instead of necessarily, you know, they rotate from the middle to the sides and they, they do a lot of that coming down the line of scrimmage. And it's like, you now you're throwing two defenders at a tackle, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which I, I, I like, I wish we would do more. You know, the Leo, the, that one end that they're standing up, they're going to move a lot between three linemen with one up and four down linemen. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this. There's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> he runs a lot of blitzes. He runs a lot of eight man coverages. So I, I just like that they're going to be different and like, you know, trickery. It's not, it's not even trickeration. It's just, you know, just being a little different on every play. So people can't get comfortable with you. And, you know, when you have an offense as prolific as Ohio state, you know, the best thing that you can do on defense is just get off the field and, you know, don't let them march down the field on you. Don't let them score. And if they do score, the best way to get scored against is because you maybe were slightly out of position or you were playing a press coverage somewhere and they were able to hit a home run. And, but you yeah. give that right back to your offense right away. And that you're still with the advantage as the team with that, because you have, you're going to have, you're going to be the better offense every game. You know, you're basically playing in the regular season. You should be the better offense. So, yeah. And, you know, knowing that he'll have more talent than what he's ever had, you don't have to be as varied, you know, at first you can, yeah. you can teach guys concepts, not have to get too much too soon. And you can still be successful with the defense. What I really like about him though, is he's not predictable. And that's, that's so much of our offense the last two years with, they didn't do anything pre-snap. They did not show it. Like they did not disguise their defense. I know Barnes started to this year. So, yeah. and you know, that, that was definitely a welcome change, but he is going to, you know, he gives you different looks than what you actually see once you snap the ball. It makes the quarterback think. The other thing I'm really excited about is if you look at that guy's numbers, even going back to Duke, I don't even know if Brent Venables is a better in-game adjuster or making in-game adjustments than what Jim Knowles is. I mean, look, you can look at some of those second halves of the games that he's been defensive coordinator. And he shuts teams down a lot. He makes his yeah. adjustments. And, you know, I, I think there was like three or four games this year that they shut out a team in the second half completely. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that, too. I, I, I like I like that they are they're going to be much more varied. Um, you know, I, I saw one where they literally he had like 10 guys at the line of scrimmage almost. And uh, they ended up dropping out. I don't think they only had like three rushers and mm -hmm. ended up dropping everybody into coverage. I mean, so it's just stuff like that. And I heard him, uh, I think it was the 11 warriors wrote up, right up basically said that he likes to run the, the cover zero all out blitz, you know, at least once a game, just because offenses have to realize that that could come too. <laughs> and you know what, if it happens and it, it goes for six, you get the ball right back to Ryan day's offense. Yeah. And you know, but yeah, it's just nice to think that, I mean, there might be, like I said, 
I watched the film where he's literally, he lined almost everybody at the line of scrimmage with maybe except the bag one back safety. And then they drop everybody back into coverage again. So, and like, I mean, there's just some weird things that he's going to do and that's fine to me because, uh, you know, I want to get back to, uh, just those style of defenses, uh, that, you know, they hit hard, they tackle, right. Uh, they don't give up a lot of yards. They don't give up a lot of points. Uh, it's kind of the old school, you know, defense. And, you know, I, we've been around a lot of good defenses at Ohio state. I mean, and it's some in this damn uh, decade too. I mean, you halfly had his one year, you know, whether that was just that he had the best secondary that they've ever had there. When you think about Fuller versus back safety and a generational you know, <clears throat> defensive end. Yeah. And a generational defensive end. I mean, so what that might have disguised maybe half these not as good as a coach as he is, but that is, he was good for that defense. And, you know, and then Fickle's years, I mean, with Meyer, I mean, 14, 15 and 16. I mean, they had one of the most ferocious defenses in the country and, you know, I want to get back to that. And, you know, I mean, I know there's some critics of Trestle's defenses over years, but Trestle's defense were always uh pretty uh, sound defenses. Uh, you know, <laughs> they always made their tackles and they uh, like, they did what they were supposed to do and more games than not. They were, uh, the t- they were definitely the aggressors. Once they really got used to what the other team was trying to do against them, they got very aggressive as the games went on. Oh, yeah, sure. And so um, that's what I'm like to see. I mean, you know, you just maybe, the, and maybe Jim Knowles is a similar guy. He likes to fill teams out a little. And then, uh, all right, if this is how you're going to play me, <laughs> I got the perfect defenses now to run against you. And, uh, I mean, so I'm looking, sorry, I'm we- looking forward to just him being, I just looking forward to having a Ohio state defense again. It's just, yeah. It seems like the last five years, outside of the half a year, we just have not had that. No, I agree with that. You know, you, your defense has to start being tougher again. But even as you and I have pointed out, you know, over the last two years, you don't necessarily need the number one defense, but you do need to be able to create extra possessions in a game. And oh. just, and I don't know why, like in Ohio State, it's like, it's kind of like the worst of both worlds because like they don't, like how they play their zone, you know, they don't pattern match or, you know, man coverage within the zone or anything. They just drop back to green and they let people make plays in front of them to extend drives. But then Ohio state constantly, you know, I've seen that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit, but seems like they still give up points in the red zone. So you can't let people, you know, just <laughs> eat yards to get down to your goal line and then still give them the touchdown. Well, if you're making exactly. them, if you're making them kick field goals, that's one thing. Like I can live with you giving up a bunch of, you know, yards if you're training seven for three on the possessions. Mm-hmm. But if you're still giving them seven points, then it's not yeah. working out for you. So, and like you said, we don't need the best defense. Just they need to be a top ten defense, and they need to be a consistent top ten defense. I mean, again, I mean, for how many times? I mean, we just saw Georgia best defense, and you know, Alabama ate them up, and you know, so. This is a different football. Uh, and uh, so Ohio State's offense with a top 10 defense that's just giving them the right. ball, giving them more opportunities and stuff like that. Ohio State's defense is, or offense is going to destroy teams that way. And, what, and, you know, you get some what, turnovers. What bit Georgia and so- in the ass in that game? That all they had yeah. was a running game and their tight ends can make plays. That's, yeah. you know, Bennett can get to the ball to the tight ends. Yep. If they had a more explosive offense, their defense don't need to be as good. Like, you know, they, they could have, they could have played with Alabama on that game. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that's all we need from Ohio state is just get a consistently top 10 defense in every major category. I mean, they got to get better as passing defense. This guy has better passing defenses than, you know, that's the one thing that's good about being a, he, he has good passing defenses for being the big 12. So I think they'll be fine in that situation. You know, I want to see what he looks like a little bit more against teams that might want to run it a little bit more, but I think he uh, can handle that. And, uh, you know, but that's probably my biggest question mark coming in is how, you know, we're playing Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, Notre Dame, you know, Penn state where, I mean, we're playing some teams next year that are going to want to run the ball. So, I mean, that will be kind of a big thing to see, you know, how he does with that, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to be nice to see uh, an experienced defensive coordinator back there. That is just a coordinator 
he's calling the plays and you know, it's his, it's his show. You have the personnel to stop the run. So you shouldn't be worried about that. Have guys, you know, have your line being able to play fast, have your line knowing what they're supposed to be play tough and have guys have guys know what their assignments are. And I think they're going to be and maybe, and maybe him as a mad scientist, that's something that we have not seen out of, uh, out of his defenses before, you know, he's primarily a four, two, five guy, but maybe he'll be primarily a four, two, five guy, but he'll figure out how to run the four, three in this and different things. And you might see some for the first time ever, just cause he's going to have three, leg- he'll have three legitimate linebackers and, uh, he's going to have some running teams. So maybe you will see every now and then he'll, he'll be mixing and matching between four twos and four threes and different things and trying some mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you don't know. I mean, it definitely seems like he's a open-minded coach that, uh, likes to learn and find new things to do. And so, I mean, I'm who ex- knows? I'm excited to see who the main, uh, Leo is going to be. And I don't know what they're yeah. going to, I don't know what they'll call it. Ohio state. Cause you know, it'll be something, some stupid name, like the bullet or something like that. Well, you got to assume that it's probably going to be Sawyer. A lot of people think it's going to be Sawyer, but you know, in other situations, like, you know, I don't know if he'll be necessarily ready to do it next year, but I mean, you put some weight on him and he's tall enough to do it. I mean, Sonny styles, I mean, that could be a position where, you know, that that could could definitely be something in the long run. I think you're still a year away from that, but I could definitely see that. Yeah. Sonny styles is going to be all over the field. He's going to be maybe a deep safety. He'll be, you know, the center field safety. He'll play the Leo different times. Yeah. He's going to do everything. He's going to be a Swiss army knife. Yeah. So I definitely uh, could see that. And, um, you know, maybe not necessarily, he might not be line next year per se as a guy on the line, but maybe they will try him a little bit at linebacker. And uh, if he's ready to play, you know, he might get in there next year as, as a safety or different things, just to get an athlete on the field on a, you know, third and long or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go get the quarterback type thing. And uh, yeah, I just, they got, they got a lot of different guys. I mean, even some of the linebackers probably from this year, you know, like um, Cody, Cody Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could, you know, he could probably do that role a little bit at different times next year. That still will be back. Right. Yeah. Know? Still. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be that Leo, but. And maybe he's going to the linebacker spots as uh paleo back. Yeah. Paleo. Yeah, Paley, oh. I think he's back. And then who and then kn- the kids they got this year. And who knows who comes fun. back off your defensive line? I mean, shoot, like Javante John Baptiste, maybe that's a good role for him. Like Tyler Friday's coming back. I think, you know, he's he's probably not, he's probably maybe too big for that position, but who knows? But this is gonna be a defense where we're need maybe, especially if they're gonna go three down linemen and the one guy standing up, they might need to, they're going to need some thicker ends. And oh stuff yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I'm, I was just talking specifically of that Jack linebacker yeah. spot. So yeah. there's, there's a lot he can play with. I think, I think it's good for him. He's definitely a great defensive mind. Um, his defenses always get better, makes great second half adjustments and just really seems like he knows, you know, what he's going against. I mean, they'd say the guy, as soon as the week, the one week ends, the next week starts. He locks himself in his office. He watches game film, comes out when he feels like he has an understanding of the, the offense, and then he goes to work. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to be able to teach our guys to be a successful defense again. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, so anything else you want to throw out there about him or anything else you want to touch on tonight before we get out of here? No, no, busy. I mean, busy day, a lot of busy couple weeks, a lot of talk about. I mean, I felt like we were kind of like, oh man, we should probably, you know, break this two week thing. There's so much to talk well, about. We were going to do it. We were going to do it yesterday. And then I think we both kind of forgot that today was signing day. And yeah. then, you know, some stuff just came up and uh, it wasn't even because of signing day. It was just like, you know, some things came up and it's like, oh, let's do it tomorrow night. And then it's like, hey, we can talk about signing day too. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I mean, that was definitely, there was a lot to talk about though, whether it was a uh, Michigan disrespect or, <laughs> you know, um, Jim Knowles. I mean, a lot, a lot of good stuff. So now it's, it's been busy, but I think, I think we covered everything we wanted to tonight. Yeah. And on our next show, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, 
we'll get ready for the Rose Bowl, and we'll probably also talk a little bit about the playoffs. Uh, definitely. Uh, oh yeah, we'll go some over. stuff to talk. Some stuff to talk about there. You know. <laughs> you know, after kind of, you know, I'm tired of this SEC dominance. You know, I'm not that guy that has to root for the conference and I'm definitely not that guy that roots for uh, the arch rival, but like, I can't, there's just like a part of me, if it's not Ohio state, why couldn't it have been like Penn state or Wisconsin? Like, you know, <laughs> like somebody that I would have been like halfway okay with if they would have went out and go out and win the national title. It's like, you know, you know do I really got a nope. root for Georgia? Like, yes, like, for this one game. Yes, you do. God, I hope Vic in Cincinnati. I hope they shock the world. And uh, I'll keep you as as annoying as the Cincinnati fans have been over the last year. I, I think I will have to get behind that uh, that train if uh, you would, know somehow. I would be really happy for Luke Fickle if somehow he found he could pull out a national title. Yeah, that would be pretty freaking cool. Uh, so a lot to talk about there. You know. First game in Indianapolis, first championship in Indianapolis, and it's probably going to be Alabama versus Georgia. So <laughs> I just don't want Michigan going back there. Yeah. So we'll, but we'll get into that on the next show. So, uh, all right, let's get on out of here for tonight. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight at the Buckeye bar. I'm John and I'm Mike. Oh, H I O.